live from Studio 6B on a Thursday, October 5th, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. Glad you're in on Real America's Voice. David Zier sitting in for Slick Rick, who's off tonight at an event. David Zier is going to do sports. Oh, no, he's not. He's, he's going <laughs> to do go. the news. Rick Delgado is going to do the news I'm as do well. Some news. Yeah, some David news. Zier, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for asking. You got to get that mic a little higher, I think. Uh, oh, very good. Mr. Delgado, how are you today? I, I'm good. My nanoparticles still have not been triggered. They still haven't kicked in. So uh, I'm still alive. <laughs> yeah. So that's a good thing. That's good. Yes. Uh, and what's caught your attention today in the news? Anything? Uh, uh, a great many things. And uh, R.I.P. to Dick Buckus, by the way. Y- yeah, I saw that. Yeah, terrible. And, and I know Slick Rick probably saw that and wishes he was here because, uh, yeah. you know, he, he's pretty well versed with these old timers. These old timers, you know, and I call them old timers. I was, you know, I was just a kid. I wasn't into football like he was back at that time. Uh, so he knew all these names. I only knew these names later when they were they showed up in movies like Cannonball Run and stuff like that. <laughs> That's, that and they're like, oh, that guy was a football player. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> North <laughs> Dallas Forty. Right. Stuff yeah. like that. That's when I. That's when I figured out who these guys were. I mean, it's hard to think of a more ferocious guy that ever put on a helmet than Dick Buckus. Yeah. So. I saw that today. I know Slick would probably uh, would have liked to have been here to talk about it, but yes, I did see that. Rest, rest in peace to him and to his family and the whole community there. It's quite a loss for the NFL and for the sports world. Uh, anything else? Caught, what's caught your attention, Mr. Zier? And well, we haven't talked to you since. Um, like to get your feedback. It's been a, obviously a hot topic of contention all week in the McCarthy ouster and the way it went down, how it went down, when it went down. Uh, give me your thoughts on it. We haven't spoken to you. Well, <clears throat> we are where we are. Yeah. And uh, I don't think Congress was moving in an aggressive enough pace. We don't have a lot of time. We can't go another year and four months until somebody comes to the rescue in 2025 and a new Congress or whatever's going to happen. Then they'll take eight months to do anything. You know, and congressional popularity, and I have some polling data for you has been stuck at like 19%. It's actually down nine points from 2021, if you can believe it. Um, So listen, we need to get somebody in there who is going to fight tooth and nail, take radical action. Um, I've got more breakdown for you on my thoughts. Yeah. Um, So I I totally agree with what you're saying. We don't have time. And I think that the the problem, half the problem is that uh, I don't know that there was another speaker that we would have also not been able to say this. The, the, the problem is, no matter where you turn for conservatives, there's so many things yeah. that are on the agenda that are so horrific right now that it's – and I've said this even about the presidency. If, even if Trump gets back in, it's not like he's going to be able to wave a ma- – some no. of these problems may be beyond four-year problems. We can't go the way we're going. Listen, another 5 million plus illegals coming in next year. Yeah. Um, just that alone is going to break us. We're the piggy bank. We're the welfare, uh, you know, um, handout uh, country for 170 countries. They're all coming here to get the money. Um, we can't do it. We so can't far, it. sounds like a two-man race between Scalise and Jordan. As of right now, those are the two that have thrown their hat in the ring. Obviously, they're, they're uh, different in a lot of ways, but they're mm-hmm. similar in a lot of ways. So obviously... Uh, McCarthy's whole um, old staff is whipping for Jordan now. Uh, Scalise was his <laughs> lieutenant, so he's yeah, so really. What do, so what does that tell you, huh? Yeah, 
Well, listen. Well, yeah, what does that tell you? All in all, everybody can criticize it. New can say these people have to have their lives terminated or their careers terminated for voting for this. Um, McCarthy agreed to this motion to vacate after 14 runs at becoming the speaker needed yeah. a 15. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, he agreed to it, and it allowed for the single member for a simple and a simple majority uh, to oust the speaker. Turned out to be his undoing. It's like checkmate by Gates. So regardless of what you think about it, um, I think there's an SOS for America right now. And uh, we have to take drastic action. We have to take drastic action. So, Delgado, getting back to what you just said, what does yeah. that tell you? You've got McCarthy's staff whipping for Jordan. Yes. And now Jordan, without a doubt, is the um, is the MAGA conservative media talking heads favorite for sure. Scalise is going to be more of probably that Main Street caucus of the Republican Party's pick. I would think that's how it would break down if I had a guess. So, But what do you think it says? You would think, but that kind of – you know, when I saw that happening, and then I remember what we were talking yesterday, and you, and you were saying, how is Scalise that much different than McCarthy? Well, there goes to show you, maybe it is a Parcells-Belichick kind of relationship where somebody's under somebody's thumb, and he's like, I got to get away from this guy because I can't do what I, what I would like to do because I got to play ball for this this doofus. Um, and then when you find out, and I, I don't know if you caught Tim Cast. Uh, from uh, I guess it was earlier today or the, the other day with uh, Matt Gates, where Gates is like, you know, you you get to where you are in Congress by bringing in money and moving money and getting people money. He said McCarthy, because of his uh, long standing and his networking, he was moving half of uh, five hundred million dollars around Congress, or at least to the Republicans. That's how he maintained his power. Yeah. So when, when you look back at that, and then you look at somebody like Scalise, who, again, you think, oh, he's McCarthy's guy. McCarthy's going to be like, yeah, you know what? Do what I couldn't finish, and, and let's do this. And then all of a sudden you find out he's trying to screw who the guy he, everybody thought was his main guy, right? So it's almost like Scalise is like, glad you're gone. Now it's my time. So hopefully this, this means uh, Better, th better things that we can expect from a Speaker Scalise if he indeed does uh, end up winning. We've got freshman congressmen from New York sending out, Republican congressmen sending out things like, you know, these eight people, uh, they're bad, and, you know, we uh, have to overcome. 94% agreed with me, you know. But the reality is, and, and my friend uh, Adam Weiss from AMWPR, I've been to a lot of uh, inaugurations with him in Washington, um, and the game is... When you're a freshman congressman, you come in, somebody comes in who'll be your chief of staff or they'll be in your office who's been there for 20, 30, 40 years sometimes. And, you know, we, we were discussing, like, maybe you should have to hire somebody from your own district and you can't have a life-tenured person, you know, because they cut deals and they tell, they, they guide the congressman on, on who, you know, you can't befriend this guy, you got to stay away from this guy. Right. Um, you know, and it's hard to be like an independent voice when you're beholden. And uh, it is a swamp. There's a lot of lobbying. And Gates says he's the only one in Congress that doesn't take PAC money. Now, Gates is um, getting together with Ro Khanna. He's a Democrat saying that uh, he would look to change the motion to vacate rule from one to, I don't know, maybe either get rid of it or raise the number, if they were to pass some of what Ro Khanna has put on the floor, which is, uh, I think, having to do with trading, stock trading, term limits, I think, of 12 years. And there was one other thing I think I saw in there. Gates is saying, I'll change the – I'll be willing to give to the uh, motion to vacate if we're willing to pass – 
what the, um, Ro Khanna wants. Have you seen that? I haven't um, seen that. Yeah, I know it's been discussed, and I, I think that uh, maybe it is a good idea to increase the motion to vacate. I don't think it should be two-thirds of Congress, though. You know, like when you have to get rid of somebody for, you know. Well, given time, our situation, but, even if it was five, it would be much harder to do what they just did. Yeah, maybe it was, it's a percentage of your majority. I don't know how they're going to do that. But, yeah, but uh, listen, mean, we are where we are now. You know? yeah, yeah, but wasn't it, it uh, up until recently, it was only one? And then uh, Pelosi changed the rules? Yes. yes. So then uh, we're just going back to the regular rules. I don't see a reason why, why you know. Why it was changed in the first place, we know why. Well, we know why. Yeah, we know why. Because when someone rules with an iron fist, she rules with an iron fist, and you don't step right. out of line. Exactly. So now just put it back to where it was and say that's the way it's going to stay. So Trump's I, stepping I don't see in. why they should make, it, make, it, make a mess out of it. Yeah, Trump's saying that he would even serve an interim role <laughs> 30, 60, 90 days tonight. He released a statement. Yeah, right. I, I saw I, that was the thing that kind of caught my attention when I was leaving the House. Trump considers visit to Congress next week to discuss temporary speakership. And that's coming from political of all places. Now that's it. well, okay. So let's talk about that. Not, I mean, obviously, the whole idea of Trump is 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 uh, interesting in a lot of different ways. Again, I, I'm surprised that he he would even he's originally told John Solomon it's not something he wanted. He was focused right. on the presidency. Now he says that. Putting that aside, okay. Do we agree that the Republicans we can't go to the floor and repeat what we saw in January? We have to come to the floor with someone who we're united around that's going to win on the first ballot, do, or, or do we not have to? Well, we don't have to, but no, I, know, um, I, know I, that, I would but think I'm it saying... would be uh, great to get a reunification going of sorts. But listen, if if uh, these people want to sell out America and give $200 billion to Ukraine, listen, Trump funded Ukraine. He gave 1,000 ja Javelin missiles. He gave the toughest sanctions against Russia ever. You know, he did things. He had promised a missile shield back for Poland. He wasn't anti-helping Ukraine, but they took over Crimea under Obama 10 years ago. Uh, they're not going to reverse that. And, um, you know, he, we, we wouldn't be where we are. So, you know, there's a lot of things. And, um, you know, the border, big, big uh, companies in America looking for cheap labor. They got to get out of the picture right away. What do you think, Delgado? Do you think we have to come to the floor with a vote of a, a speaker that's going to get 218 on the first try? No, probably not. You think we can stay deadlocked for a while between okay. Scalise and Jordan? I think if it, it breaks down, like I said, the main, the main street guys and the rhinos voting for Scalise and kind of the MAGA Freedom Caucus, all conservative talking head media is going to be pushing and, and whipping for Jordan. Yeah, uh, uh, you know what? Let let the fight, you know, play out. It's it's almost like when they elect a new pope, right? It, Usually doesn't happen on the first try. You got to wait for the right smoke to come out. So we'll let, let, let them fight it out and, and see what they can do. Um, what I do want to know is who the hell is Patrick McHenry? Right? Well, he's the, he's the pro temp right now. Right. But he's a superhero as far as I'm concerned. Why do you say that? He kicked Pelosi out. Well, that, of course, yeah. I mean, and plus he's got a he's got a great name. Who who wouldn't love a name? It, it almost sounds like a, a, a one of our forefathers from the Revolutionary War, Patrick McHenry. You know, taking yeah. on the British. Yeah, but will he? I don't think he'll go to the mat like yeah, Patrick Henry did. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's, I'd like to know the audience. Uh, Want to say hello to all of our good friends in the Getter chat. Nick's three eighty seven, Pojar four, Bubby Sims. I see a couple of them in there. Uh, I'd like to know what the audience thinks about the uh, the vote for speaker. Do we need to come to the floor? With someone who can get 218, or can we have a repeat of 15, 16 rounds um, like we did back in January? What, is, uh, what does everybody think about that? 
I see someone says, Burchett says one floor vote. This rang, uh, who is this? It's going by so fast. Uh, Blue Kentucky girl says, Burchett said one floor vote. This wrangling will go on behind closed doors. Exactly what I'm interested in knowing. And I think that's probably the better way. Uh, to let that go behind closed doors and then come to the floor with someone who's going to get 218. And, and could there be a dark horse? Somebody sneaks up. I, I see a lot of chatter about Byron Donalds, people liking the Byron Donalds. I don't think Byron Donalds or Chip Roy or somebody's like that is possible with, um, with Scalise in there. You might be right. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's going to be – I don't think that's going to be – I think that's why you haven't seen them. But I, I just, I just saw, I, I just find it very, very interesting how Kevin McCarthy says he's not going to fight; he's going to step away, and he starts sticking the knives into the back of Steve Scalise, which is, you know, again makes you wonder what it, what it was that relationship really all about. All right, let's hit the break. We'll talk more about this. Plus, we'll talk about Donald J. Trump as Speaker temporarily. <laughs> What can we get done in those hundred days? Hmm. We'll Let's talk about that. Burn down. from Studio 6B, 17 past the hour on a Thursday night. David Z are sitting in going to do some news. Delgado's going to do some news as well. Aaron and Fran holding it down as always. A couple things I want to talk about tonight about because it's the things it's the things that actually affect your life. Unlike, I mean, all of this is good to talk about. We got to work it out. And there's a lot of things that the Republican Party's got to get together. Uh, and certainly all this will, will certainly set up for a very interesting week next week. But again, as the days go by, the inflation continues, the debt continues, your life continues to struggle. You continue to think about how to keep your head above water. And uh, today we found out that mortgage rates are once again going up to the highest rates they've been since 2000. And not only that, um, that they've actually gone up for some even worse than the national average. And the Wall Street Journal did a big expose today on, on um, mortgage rates the average 30-year fixed mortgage rate now is at 7.49 this week, a fresh 23-year high. That's from Freddie Mac. Today, the rate was 7.31 last week, 7.49. And you look at the rapid speed of the Federal Reserve's rate increases, and that's injected volatility into basically everything from bonds to Bitcoin to everything else. And mortgage rates... Um, is exactly the same. Typical mortgage rates now range some 0.4 percentage points above or below that average rate. That's more than double the range during the years before uh, the Fed started raising rates. The range was even higher at some points last year and earlier this year. Some lenders are offering rates a little closer to seven. Others are offering well above eight. That means the average rate that Freddie Mac releases each Thursday is less likely to be the one 
that someone like you, a borrower, is going to get when shopping for a mortgage. To the same degree, the range of available rates always widens when interest costs are higher. But the speed of the Fed hikes since early this year, well, really early last year, have taken an increasingly divergent strategy for pricing of loans now, mortgage-backed bankers say. So it's it's ranging between 7% and 8%, with the average being about 7.5%. And of course, these lenders are rushing to uh, stem losses after sales and refinancings have absolutely plummeted, David Zier, and I'm sure you know a lot about this, obviously living this world every single day. Yeah, well, the average price of a home's gone up to 407000 It was 406000 two weeks ago. It was 403000 a few months before that. And the rate just two weeks ago was 7.19%. So the increases are exorbitant. Uh, I'm in new home construction. People are not walking through the door. Retirees are worried about their money in the market. It's been down by 10 15%, right? So, <clears throat> and the existing home, excuse me, inventory is shrunk because people don't want to leave. They can't move. What are you going to buy? You know, so a million and a half home shortage in the market for people. Um, and now, just like three weeks ago, it was a $9,600 per year increase over three years ago for the average cost of a mortgage, a new mortgage. And now in the last two weeks, that's probably gone up to like ten five. So here's a couple of charts to just to show you how bad it is out there. And again, this all goes into the what I hope will be the theme for President Trump and, and, and really all until we until we get to a nominee. Everybody running, are you better off now than you were four years ago? Because when it comes to the economy, the numbers that um, the Republican Party has felt to handle this better are staggering. Just a couple of charts here. This is from the National Association of Realtors. The housing less affordable than ever chart. And you can see where we are on the chart right now. We are at the lowest rate ever. The lowest rate ever for affordability of a house, meaning this is the most unaffordable buying a house has ever been with a fixed mortgage. Multifamily housing starts were down 42% last month. 16% single family construction is down. Take a look at this. 2021 rate, 2.96% for a 30-year fixed. Oh. 399,999 loan amount on a on a uh, so let's say it's a four hundred thousand dollar house, but say your loan amount's three ninety nine. Right. If you paid it off, you would have paid two hundred and four thousand in interest over the thirty years. So your total cost in the house is six oh four. The exact same house right now. Oh. Your total cost is a million twenty seven five twenty nine. Holy. On the same loan. Wow. Wow. So that just tells you why the real estate market is frozen and what people are dealing with, and why if you have a three percent or less, or even in that threes range, you're never going to be able to sell that house. You're going to end up having to rent it and become a landlord and have somebody, because how do you sell that house? They turn around and this is what you're facing if you have to buy again. This is why the market is frozen. And property taxes have increased almost 10% since 2017 nationwide. Add that to your escrow. Yeah. $400,000 $400,000 purchase used to cost you 604 now costs you a million 27 over wow. the same 30 years. So basically your interest is roughly tripled. A little more than tripled. It used to be 50% of the home price. Now it's 157% of the home price. 
And remember, the country, that's good, Aaron, the, uh, the country's dealing with the same thing when it comes to our own debt payments. This is, this is why this is unsustainable. That is, that, is a, that is a shocking number for anybody who's young and looking to buy their first home and maybe living in a, uh, you know, in a market where, where the homes aren't as cheap. Because yeah. Let's face it. You, 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 that, that's one of the, like, the misconceptions. People think, oh, you make so much money in New York, but it costs so much money to live in New York. So you re- it, it, really pays, it, it really isn't really what you think it is. And if you could take that position that you have and that income that you have and move to a, a state in the South where, where the cost of living is much cheaper, yes, then you'd be king of the court, so to speak, but not here. Now you're just the working poor, which is basically what, what, what this economy is turning everybody into. Yeah. Unbelievable. The numbers are unbelievable. And some of the other numbers though, that I'll, we'll dig into here later is just it's why I, I, you, you can't lose with this message. Oh, my goodness. You can't lose with this message. <clears throat> and that housing market index I went over a few weeks ago, you know, was down from 90 under Trump to 45 today, which is a confidence, uh, a study of traffic through houses, forecasts and sales, current activity. And uh, the, it's down by 50 percent in the last uh, five years. Yeah. Uh, all right. Live from Studio 6B, David Zier sitting in. What's coming up on uh, Breaking Point on uh, Saturday, 8 a.m. right here on Real America's Voice? I have an action-packed show. I got Joel Gilbert, who I've had on for two or three times now, about Michelle Obama uh, <laughs> and, you know, the plan to get her in and to run and all these things that have been set up. You know, we've been talking about it for a long time, and his documentary is great. Go get it. Michelle Obama 2024 has her whole life history on there when she was a kid and all the things she's involved with, who she looks up to, who's a mentor, Valerie Jarrett, Chicago Mayor Daly, the terrorists and weather underground. And then I've got um, Ed Dowd, who has uh, another uh, great new book out there. And um, his book is called Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. And new data about a British study. Uh, This guy was a a financial guy and thinks the vax was rushed out to meet hedge fund profits and um, wasn't vetted properly. And all these people are dying and blood clots and all the stuff. But he's got new data out of London, which confirms there's been like this staggering of 40% increase in deaths between like the ages of 18 to 44. So, and that's new data that's out. Um, And then I have this great uh, thing really quick. Um, The America First Warehouse had an event for Rudy Giuliani to raise money for his Defense Foundation. You know, they're trying to take out all the conservative targets and bankrupt them. You know, they come after you, they come after your family, they bankrupt you, make take a plea deal. Scott Lobato did this incredible artwork in front of the crowd. Watch it on Breaking Point of Rudy Giuliani and they're auctioning it off up until Monday. So go to theamericafirstwarehouse.com and go to Scott Lobato Auction. You can bid. Breaking point Saturday morning, 8 a.m. right here, Real America's Voice. We'll do some news with Rick Delgado and David Zier. But coming up next, Kyle Knappenberger, VP of Technology from EnviroCleanse. He'll join us when we get back right after this.
30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. We'll do some more news with Rick and David, Aaron and Fran holding it down as always. You know, uh, as we're heading into October and um, you're already starting to see the push for obviously vaccinations with the new COVID and of course, obviously they're pushing for the flu as well. But you know what costs Americans about $11 billion a year? Well, it is the flu season which is starting right about now, and kids are getting sick and missing school. Parents miss work, get sick as well. It can become a really vicious cycle. So I'm happy to have on tonight Kyle Knappenberger of EnviroCleanse here to talk about their advanced technology. You know how much I love my EnviroCleanse sitting right here next to us in the studio. We have it on all the time except for the two hours that we're on air. And, I mean, it just keeps the studio air in here so fresh and clean, and I don't cough anymore, as you know. As I was, sound like I was half dying a uh, couple months ago. The guys were worried. Uh, so, Kyle, welcome back to the show. How are you? Hey, great, great to, or glad to be back on. Yeah, it's great to have you. Obviously, as we head into flu season, as I was saying, and uh, but I mean, we have a lot of new viewers and listeners all the time. Uh, there's a lot of air purifiers out there. Talk to the audience a little bit about the Enviro Cleanse and why it's different from all the others. Well, the biggest difference is the the patented technology behind it. We actually have a Department of Defense developed military grade products in it. Uh, our, our absorbent material that's in our patented and proprietary air filter that's inside of our air purifier was designed actually to break down harmful chemical warfare agents that warfighters or first responders might encounter. But instead of deploying it out into the environment to neutralize, you know, an attack, we're using that same type of media, which is an earth-friendly technology inside the filtration system. So as you bring different pollutants to the air purifier, or as that air purifier circulates the air in your environment, it's then actually capturing, breaking down, uh, and destroying them. So it can work against chemicals. It has the ability to reduce and remove, uh, as you mentioned, the flu season, uh, a lot of airborne viruses and aerosols. So it, it can really help uh, improve everybody's indoor air quality. Yeah, so what does it protect us specifically against, as I was referring to flu season, obviously it tries to keep us, uh, keeping us, keeping your kids healthy, keeping your, you know, if you have a wife like mine who's a teacher, kids going to high school, I mean, it's, just, it's all over the high schools. What is it actually protecting us against? It can be a whole host of things, from just indoor air pollution, uh, pollution outside, but it can also reduce... Uh, the airborne aerosols, pathogens, viruses, bacteria, even allergens and things like that that you may encounter. And this has been heavily tested and studied in classrooms uh, across America. A huge study was done in the southeast of the United States, deploying this in hundreds of classrooms where it was showing that it's removing these airborne aerosols that everybody's concerned about, you know, that are spreading things like the flu or, or uh, various sicknesses. So now you guys are running an incredible guarantee. And I don't remember if we talked about this the last time you were on. I, I don't think we did, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. Tell me about the better health uh, promise that you guys are doing. Well, what we do, well, we do quite a few different things. And a lot of this is available on our website at ekpure.com. But what we really like folks to know is that we actually include an, an air monitor, an air purifier uh, with our air purifier so that they can actually see the the product working and reducing various pollutants and things that it, that are in their home. So it really is a money back guarantee. You know, they have 30 days to to buy and use this 
they're not satisfied, they can return it to us. And it's going to remove, you know, all those different things we just talked about from viruses, bacteria, chemicals, odors, yeah. broad range of pollutants. But what, what I really like about it is, you know, at our website, you can check out the device, but you also, if you order, um, you can get that air meter as well and, and see how it's actually helping. You know, hopefully you're, you're not getting sick by when you sick or having problems when you have our device in your home, but you can actually then monitor the air quality as well. Yeah. Uh, how can the listeners and the viewers learn more? I know you said ekpure.com. Is that the best place for them to go to see what you're offering right now and get more information? It absolutely is. Ekpure.com. That's a very simple landing page. We've got it there for your viewers that they can go to. Uh, they can check all the information out on that site. Simple, easy to use, and easy to navigate. And if they put in uh, the 6B code, uh, they're going to save uh, money on top of that. So it's actually a pretty substantial savings of, of 10%. We, we love doing that for you guys. Uh, your your uh, viewers and listeners have uh, been great customers, so we're happy to continue to pass that on to them. Uh, Kyle, thanks for coming back on the show. Uh, thanks for the EnviroCleanse. It's doing great stuff at Leo, in, here in the studio. I talk about it all the time. <laughs> I know we've had people, they write me who have bought one. They say they love it as well. So thanks for coming back on the show. Absolutely. Anytime. Kyle Knappenberger, VP of Technology over at EnviroCleanse. EKPure.com is the place to go. EKPure.com. Use code 6B, 10% off. Plus, you get that free air quality monitor. Because remember the first time I had it, yeah. I said, I don't know how to describe what's happening. Yeah, well, you don't need to, for me to come up with some lame description. Just You can use the thing, and you can see that the air has changed within the house. Yeah, because you had it at home, and you said you noticed it You know, after you ran it for a little first while. First 24 to 48 in. hours, yeah. I walked in the house, and I was like, it's just it's like uh, crisp, crispy and clean, I think is the best way to explain it. Yes. Yeah, so look you what do, it did here. <laughs> now you don't hack your lungs out. How many out square feet here? can it do? <laughs> that unit can probably do, well, this is, what is this, about 2,000? Yeah. Yeah. Probably about two thousand in here. So, and he's right. If I pulled the if I pulled the thing out of the back of that thing, you wouldn't believe the uh, the two purifiers that are in there. The actual things that do the work, unbelievable. You have to change them out, like once a year. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And only change the one. Not you don't have to change the main one. Is it good for black mold? If you got a leak in your house, absolutely. Probably, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. You should get one, Zier. You'd like it. Good. Uh, all right, let's do some news. And here with the news brought to you by Seven Cells is Rick Delgado. What's going on, Mr. Uh, Delgado? Right. Well, this one comes to us courtesy of, uh, of Fran. Yes, Fran, who sent me, a, sent me a news story he thought I'd be interested in. And how could I not, Fran? As he points out, the old line state, also known as Maryland, could be the UFO hotspot of the world, as nearly as 2,000 sightings of bizarre objects in the sky have re been reported since the mid-90s. Yes, Damon. Friend. Residents of the eighth smallest state. Yes, he, he needs a raise. Uh, eighth smallest state have reported that flat bottom black triangles with green lights, a classic flying saucer, and an oval-shaped craft that stayed stationary for about a month and a half have been some of the most recent sightings. Reports of the phenomenon have been collected in a database that shows that the first recorded sightings in Maryland dates back to May 15th of 1946, but wasn't reported until June of 2017. 
because people are afraid. They're afraid of responses like this. Uh, more modern sightings like the glowing orbs witnessed by the Ocean City uh, this past April now get reported to the database within a matter of days. According to uh, one defense, uh, one, one witness from Ocean City who said, my daughter and I looked up and saw four orbs moving in a circular motion, then come back to the middle, then spread out again. And uh, this was reported into the UFO database for decades. The official policy of the FAA has been to uh, uh, has been that commercial pilots and other civilians should not bother reporting unexplained aerial phenomenon or craft to the federal agencies or they will just mock you. Uh, per the FAA's Aeronautical Information Manual, anyone who sees something strange in the sky should now report their sightings to the volunteers of the National UFO Reporting Center, New Fork, instead. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's the acronym. Um, yeah, and Fran sent you this. Yes, Fran, uh, who's, who's making a case for uh, you know a, a well-deserved raise, I think. Okay. Yeah, consider it a warning. I'll keep sending them otherwise. <laughs> I don't think that's a bad thing. Yes, as uh, as Paul Nolan's New World Sausage says, I think I'm ready for an, uh, an Epstein didn't kill myself segment of the news now. After that, I do have one. Oh, what a shock! <laughs> I got to find it though because what a I, shock. Wasn't, I wasn't ready for it. But <laughs> but what the hell? Since New World Sausage wants one, here you go. <laughs> uh, the, the I didn't kill myself uh, portion of the news is brought to you by the Wall Street Journey brought Journal. To you. Brought to you by Matta. <laughs> by the Wall Street Journal and Paul Nolan's New World Sausage. Uh, the title of this one is Who Are the Names in Jeffrey Epstein's Calendar? Oh, yes. A multi-part investigation by the Wall Street Journal has revealed prominent people who met multiple times with Jeffrey Epstein. The journal's reporting based on thousands of pages of emails and schedules, largely from 2013 to 2017. Keep in mind, this is after he had already been to jail for pedophilia, uh, also provides new details about how often and where people met with Epstein and the kinds of favors favors Epstein did for them. It shows Epstein had contacts with an array of powerful people long after he was a registered sex offender. He pleaded guilty, if you remember, in 2008 to soliciting and procuring a minor for prostitution. He was arrested again in 2019 on sex trafficking charges and died later that year in a jail awaiting trial mysteriously so there you have it and and we still but we still don't know who the hell went to that island and who's on this list and 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 who is responsible for the crimes that uh glenn maxwell is serving time for helping uh helping uh set up so there you have that you want one more what are you looking at (laughs) no i mean i wouldn't (laughs) mind like a story of something that's like relevant to going on like now like in the world there was a ufo sighting today all right or yesterday if you have anything i got one you you, you ready for this one (laughs) sure okay hold on it's as we come to a screeching halt here (laughs) for news like i mean i just don't know what it's 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 an important story i think we need to talk about because it's happening around the world how people are being uh, why are you moving your fingers so much i'm trying because it's not loading my stupid story won't load (laughs) okay my damn computer. I think the UFOs got to my computer. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, when you do UFO <laughs> stories, and uh, I didn't wish I didn't kill myself stories, this is what happens to your computer with your nanoparticles. I, I think somebody's trying to in- infect me with something. Graphene. Yes, exactly. So my computer's stuck. 
Okay. I got a All white right, screen. This, this is great. I this got is a great. White screen. All right. Got, this is a great news <laughs> news segment, right? Rick Delgado will be having more of this coming up in the rest of the I hour. Know. I'm sure you'll be you'll be looking nothing. you'll be looking forward to that. <laughs> You're looking forward to that. You'll be wa- wanting some more UFO stories, maybe. So hey, do you want you want uh, a little bit of uh, what could be a theory or news? No, I no, I don't. I don't. I'm going to move. Monday? No, I'm going to move. This is on. good. <laughs> no, I'm no. I don't. This want is it. good. It'll take it take it like a minute and a half. <laughs> no, to break. It's um, we don't have time. It has to do with RFK. We, no, we don't have time. We don't have time. A guy told me, <laughs> and a guy who knows a guy told I got a me guy. I got a guy about that. RFK, uh-huh. and that something big with RFK is going to happen this Monday. This is okay. That he could RFK. be announcing uh-huh. his third party run come oh. Monday, okay. officially. Okay, that would it's, be very quick. It would be, uh, and it was a guy who I know, who knows a guy, who knew a guy, who, who, who figured this out. And... There's part two of this, because I know we're talking about Michelle Obama, right? And how they're going to try to slide her in. Well, there's also, from the same guy that I know, they, that you might know, um, turns out that uh, there could be... I don't know anybody that you know. There could be some type of scandal affecting the current vice president that will break very shortly. A Venn diagram? Uh, scandal? It, it could be a Venn diagram scandal okay. where uh, things are looped together and tied into her. So there could, you know what? When, you, when you're talking about this administration, it's like, how can they get rid of Joe, but then be stuck with Kamala? Maybe okay. they go to get Kamala out first, and maybe this is how they do it. All right. I don't this, know. This segment will not be on the best of sometime in the future, <laughs> but here we go. Live from Studio 6B, we're back right after this. <laughs> Studio 6B, so I just had to beat it out of Delgado, what he was trying to tell me. Uh, you know, God. You know what? Uh, my fourth cousin who's removed from my friend who this and that, and his fifth cousin on Wednesdays told him that this is, oh, God. You know what? If you if you talk to John Solomon, I'm sure he'll, he will verify <laughs> he will, that this is how these networks. He won't networks, even take my call. This is how these networks start. Somebody hears something, and they pass it along, <laughs> and all of a sudden you start to see it come together, and you're like, oh, okay, this guy's reliable. Uh, so, you know, and that's how it works, but you can't say names because you don't want people to attack. <laughs> nobody puts anything in writing. You I'm know like, what I'm so saying? Delgado, who is this person you're saying that I may or may not know? He's he like, may well, or may not know. <laughs> and he tells <laughs> us. <laughs> what? Come on. It's not like it's your uncle whose birthday it was the other day. <laughs> All right. Well, fine. We'll see I what know. happens. We'll see what happens next week. I'll yes. eat my car if that happens on Monday. So we'll see. But maybe it could be. Could be. So. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> uh, don't worry. You're not missing anything. So, no, All right, David Zier. Speaking of, you're sitting in with uh, Slick Rick's off tonight. He's at an event. Is he, I wonder if he's, I wonder what he's wearing. Can you imagine what he's wearing to this event tonight? I can only imagine. So, 
Uh, I don't think he's speaking, but he's attending. So David Zier's here with us, and we're always appreciative as when he's here. Uh, what's going on in your world? Well, Slick Slick Rick is uh, very important in the Long Island business community. Goes yes, to a lot is. of events and, and very philanthropic. So President of the uh, Chamber of Commerce for yeah. 25 so years. He yeah. is, there's not many places you can go on Long Island that people don't know. Uh, Slick Rick. Very sharp character. Yes. Um, so I did a deep dive. I did this crime snapshot across the three largest cities in the United States, New York, Chicago, L.A. And this is going to get a little bit in depth here, but people need to know this. There's a bleak, you know, quality of life environment in all these cities. And 26% increase this year, New York Post is reporting assaults on New York City cops. So far, 1,731 assaults against cops have been reported just in 2023. But you might be surprised to know what's going on in New York City isn't the worst of it. Even though there's a 20-year high in felony assaults and vehicle theft is up 20% year-to-date and a 45% year-to-date increase of car theft in parts of the city, over 21,000 New Yorkers have been victims of felony assaults this year, according to New York City Police Department, ComStat 2.0. Another significant benchmark has been reached with 12,000 cars stolen in New York City. A silver lining is that over the past 28 days, murders have dropped 24% in New York City, about 10% 10% down for the year, 304 murders year to date, and shootings are also down 29% to date throughout the Big Apple. But Chicago, there were 45 homicides recorded in September. It's the fewest since 2014, but it doesn't tell the full story. And the latest crime statistics show murders down 12%. There was 1,911 shootings, which are down 13%. But keep in mind, Chicago's population is more than three times less than New York City with about 2.7 million people versus 8.8 million people in New York. And the murder rate and the shooting rate is still five times greater from New York's up than New York City. And Chicago has a 77% increase just this year in motor vehicle theft with 22,000 cars stolen in a city three times less than New York City. Uh, six times the auto theft rate of New York City. Robberies are up a staggering 46% in Chicago over the last two years in the Windy City. And theft is up a whopping 94% in the last three years. Then take Los Angeles. And I have a point here. It uh, has about 3.9 million people in New York, uh, in LA, 44% less than New York City. There have been 293 murders thus far in L.A. in 2023, twice the murder rate of New York City. Aggravated assaults in Los Angeles are two times greater than New York. and But arrests are up 111% this year for larceny. But it doesn't matter. The other day, zero bail policy kicked in for nonviolent crimes, even if they involve a gun, I think, where you just get out of jail. And there's already a 13,000 case workload backed up in the DA's office at the New York Post is reporting. And most of those cases won't be heard. There's 18,000 car thefts in L.A. this year. In a city, um, you know, that's much smaller than New York. The per capita for City of Angels has a car theft rate four times more than New York City. And in closing here, this doesn't this leaves out Philadelphia, Baltimore, Atlanta, and cities as a whole are not safe. But it doesn't include in the analysis human trafficking, explosions of fentanyl deaths, devastation from xylazine laced, fentanyl-laced, xylazine, which is trank, homelessness, mental illness, and other intangible things that are so hard to qualify. And this is not the country that we grew up in and has taken on a new dynamic where quality of life is zero in most American cities. So, mm. Wow. That's a pretty good deep dive there. Yeah. I so try. I spent hours separating the numbers. You know, you listen to the numbers in Chicago, and then you, <clears throat> you think about this guy they elected, who he doesn't think they've gone far enough. He wants to get rid of the police in total. I mean, there's just no, there's no line 
in the sand. You know, it, it's funny to see in these places where now the, the the people who live there obviously have a line in the sand, even with the illegals coming in, because now they're all, you see all these meetings, and they're all getting fed up. And you have the governor of New York now all of a sudden changing his tune. Eric Eric Adams is now down in South America, wherever the hell he is, trying to <laughs> trying to deal with this. He's changed his tune. But you're seeing videos of these of these meetings all over and where the citizens are showing up and they're showing up angry. But yet in Chicago, it just seems like there's no line of how far this has to go. 40 years of sanctuary city policy. They get what they deserve. And right now, uh, winter's coming in like six weeks there, cold weather. They need migrant shelters for like 5,000 migrants at a minimum over there. They're sleeping on the floors of the police station. They just started to clean them out. But now there's a video on Twitter of this high school gymnasium or this community center that's going to be taken over by migrants. The black community there is outraged. These kids play football and train there. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be so they had a show of force with hundreds of community members. They weren't all black, but, you know, they're like stepping up and saying, hey, man, the, the illegals are being treated better than us. So um, they're mad. People are mad. Yeah. And it could affect the uh, the Super Bowl. Did you hear about that? No. No. The hotels around the um, where's the Super Bowl being held? I think it's going to be. Is it going to be held at the uh, it's at, in Vegas? Yeah. Is it? Is it Vegas? That's what Aaron just told me in my ear. I'll look it up. Because I had a story, and for some reason, uh, let me see. If let me I guess. I have it here. <laughs> no, 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 really. Uh, uh, no, you know what? It's not the Super Bowl. Wrong game, but it's still an iconic game. It's the Army Navy game that's going to be held at, at where the Patriots play. Okay, that's Gillette Stadium. At Gillette Stadium, yes. The Army-Navy football game, 124-year tradition, is set to take place December 9th at Gillette Stadium in Massachusetts. But fans uh, either cannot find hotel rooms or are having their reservations canceled. Why? Because they're housing migrants instead, according to the Boston Herald. Massachusetts, which is largely run by Democrats, is a right-to-shelter state, meaning it's obliged to house anyone seeking shelter, such as homeless persons or illegal migrants. One travel agent who handles hotels for military families said a large number of the hotels are actually being taken back and giving to illegal immigrants, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So, yes, if, you're, if, you're gonna, if you thought you had plans to go see Army-Navy— Check again, because uh, it looks like you may not have a place to stay if you're coming from outside the area. A spokesperson for the management company company operating a number of the hotels near the stadium confirmed that it was housing refugees that recently arrived to the area. So, great great, uh, thing to look forward to for an already sold-out Army-Navy game that is basically a landmark event and brings millions of dollars to the local economy, and the local economy would have been Boston's. Well, the Democrat Party has always thought that the illegal alien was more virtuous than the citizen. They've always thought that. They they govern like that. They uh, they still believe that, no matter what they tell you. Um, they've always believed that. That is why, going back to what David Zier said, we just don't have another year. Could you Can you just imagine... As we approach 2024, the thought of 2024 of the Democrats taking any more control of anything than they already have, can you imagine if their entire agenda became a reality, their economic agenda, their immigration agenda, their constant attacks on law enforcement, their constant attacks on the military, their identity politics, uh, the treatment of the Constitution, their attack on the Supreme Court that's going to be clearly up for grabs in the next four years? The school system, your legal system, your continued health care attacks. I mean, 
Empire Live from Studio 6B. Hour 2 coming up. Live from Studio 6, Be Real, America's Voice on a Thursday night. Glad you're in. David Zier sitting in for Slick Rick, who's off tonight. I think Mr. Zier's going to Are you going to join us tomorrow, too, David? Uh, yeah, if you want me. Yeah, of course. Woo. We always want you. We want you five nights a week. Uh, David Zier will be here that. tomorrow. Slick Rick will be back tomorrow. Uh, Rick Delgado's here. Going to do the news as well. Aaron and Fran holding it down as always. And, of course, you, the Live from Studio 6B audience, we appreciate you give us two hours of your night. Five nights a week, Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 p.m., right here on Real America's Voice. Uh, make sure you visit us on all our social media. I've been keep forgetting to say this, at LFS6B. We've been kind of stuck on some of the numbers we're at. we got to keep getting the numbers up so we can keep spreading the message. Follow us on all our social media, at LFS6B, and make sure you sign up over at the Mothership, live from Studio6B.com. All our great stuff, all the What Even Is That's, all the video clips of the show, all our merch, all the T-shirts, free shipping on everything continues with code uh, Bidenomics at checkout. We'll get you free shipping. Shipping is outrageous these days. Talk about Biden inflation. It's affected everything. And it affects 2X, 3X, 4X shirts. The material getting it is, is, is out of control. The shipping is out of control. So we're doing free shipping. Use code Bidenomics. You get free shipping on all shirts. And I think there's a new shirt that dropped um, a couple days ago, but I can't remember what the hell it says. But it, there's a new shirt up there. It looks. <laughs> I saw it. It looked good, but I just can't remember what it is. I didn't take my Joe Rogan um, whatever. Great marketing right here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Quite the salesman. I know. Thanks. Uh, so we'll get to some news. But just to get back to what I said uh, before we closed hour one about the Democrats' agenda, on the flip side of that, could you imagine a scenario where our agenda – could become a reality because the country doesn't exist as we know it if their if their agenda goes in in 24 but imagine if we could put our agenda in because everything we believe in is quintessentially american american principles american fundamentals we embrace our founding of course they reject it we embrace our liberty they're on a mission to destroy it. We embrace private property rights. They destroy it. We embrace economic choice. They destroy it. We embrace, we embrace limited central government. They want the ever-growing, iron-fisted, top-down Leviathan that we now have. They reject our fundamentals. They reject our principles. So imagine a scenario where we could get this party unified we can get somebody who can articulate the message to the people at the time it matters on the issues that matter when they matter. 
I mean, that's what this election, as far as I'm concerned, is all about. And that's what all these fights are about. They're not about the personalities. I know everybody gets caught up in the personalities mm-hmm. and Gates and oh, you like Gates or you don't. You like McCarthy. You don't like Gates. No, it's not about the personalities. It's about the outcomes. I keep saying this, and I still think people are caught up too much in the personalities. They're involved. They're too caught up in the show and not in, caught up in the outcome. The only thing I care about, and I'll just speak for myself into 24, is the outcome. I don't care who gets us there. I don't care who the personality is. I don't care what the infighting is. If the outcome is what we want, which is the list I just went through, then I'm happy to get there. That's the only thing that should matter to us is the outcome. That's what this election is about. Yeah. I mean, that's that's all it's about, really. It's a, it's about because, again, you make the great point. People are like, oh, well, Gates this or Jordan that or again, it doesn't matter who it is as long as somebody steps up and does it because it needs to get done. It can't right? be one person, though. Right. It's not going to be one person. Yeah. It's not going to be two or ten. It has to be. We have to unify this party behind a quintessential message and ideas, whether it's the border, finances, medical freedom, whatever the top four or five are, we need somebody who can go out and we've never had, I don't want to say we need a Pelosi, but we, and I don't want to say we need a killer like she was, like the, the, what we talked about before, the changing the rules, the iron fist, you don't get, dare get out of line, but we need somebody who can aggressively message where we stand on things. At the time we need it to happen. We have never had that ever. And not only aggressively message it, but then take it to the next level and actually get it done. I think that's the, that's even more important because once, once you've gotten it, gotten the message out there, it's like, all right, now we're going to show you how this works and how we can get it done. And I think it makes it a whole lot easier. And, and you know, who was it that I was watching today? And when he said this, I was like, uh, that's, you know, uh, oh, that's who you referenced. Yes. You remember, I think you referenced uh, Harold Ford Jr. yesterday. No, no, you didn't. No, nope. okay, he's some, on the, he's on the view or not. the view. He's on the five, the five. Yeah. But I remember From Tennessee. Some, right. So, and he was like, you know, he sounded, he sounded okay. He sounded like somebody you could work with until he said something today. As I'm, I'm, I'm watching this, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, there he goes. He's he's trying to make it sound like, oh, it's okay. And then he says, if you just put it all into an omnibus, omnibus bill and pass it, then we can get all this done. I'm like, that's the problem. Because they don't want to do what they have to do. Yeah. And that is... Single, single issue yeah, spending. Single issue spending. And Matt Gates pointed out that they haven't had that type of, they haven't, uh, I guess, done regular order in terms of these, uh, in, in terms of budget. And it's been since the mid 90s. He said he said the youngest member of Congress right now wasn't even born when was the last time they actually did this, which is scary. If I could just add, yeah. you know, we've been on the ground for many years. Um, I've been to over 30 states at RAV, around hundreds of thousands of MAGA supporters, uh, talked to thousands, interviewed hundreds. They all hate Congress. They all hate Congress. I've never heard a good word about it. And <clears throat> Ballopedia shows an average of 20% congressional approval ratings going on across six different of the latest polls. And the latest Economist YouGov poll shows an approval of 12%. It's down 9% from 2021. I know I, I said that before. Um, but they have not improved 
at all since Kevin McCarthy has taken control of the House. So, you know, and when Newt did something, he took radical change, even though we had GOP support. You know, they bashed it. They bashed Bill Clinton. They made him, got us out of a recession from 87 to 95, the peace dividend. We lost the fence job. We had the housing crisis in 87. We had the SNL scandal in 87, 88, 89. You know, he took us out of that, Newt by getting Clinton to cut taxes in 96. The, Congress, the economy took off like a rocket ship after that, and he got Clinton to balance the budget. So why was it okay for him to take radical action and now not calling for radical action now? And I know he doesn't agree with how this whole thing went, but I kind of get his point that there wasn't a clear agenda before doing this, you know, but I think Gates has been explaining it. Um, yeah. and, and why did they take off for a month and all this stuff? And you can't run the government on continuing resolutions. We need to get back to pre-COVID spending, he says. So, um, but nobody likes, uh, and, and all these MAGA people, you know, uh, Barbara Comstock, former congresswoman from Virginia, saying that MAGA showed their ugly faces today. What an insult. Maybe that's why we need a shakeup. People are yeah. tired of the establishment GOP and their disdain for the MAGA people. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. It's not everybody. But MAGA, and one more point, Trump got 73.6 million votes in the, in the 2020 election, surpassing the previous election by Barack Obama by 7 million votes and got the most votes of any sitting president in American history. And that's without counting in any fraud that probably took place. So, you know, um, you know, it's the MAGA people are under assault and they're under assault. And I, I understand Mark Levin's frustration and these other guys who we count on, you know, for insight and everything. But I don't know. We need radical change. We need radical, radical change. Yeah. And real quick to push back on something you said that everybody, everybody hates Congress. David, those people are lying to you. <laughs> they are, because how do you end up with the same person going into a seat for 20 years? Because they might say they hate Congress, but they like their congressman. Or our guy is good or our girl is good. It's everybody else who sucks. No, they all suck, which is why you're stuck with the same crap that you've been getting yeah. for the last couple decades. And the voter participation rate's only like 25%, right. 30%. They, so it's they horrible. Don't, they don't want to deal with the fact that, you know what, this person is lying to me, but I keep believing them. Uh, I, I don't want to own up to that. But there's big money, and it's hard to get somebody out as an incumbent. And yeah. if you want to primary somebody up until recent history, when now there's six, seven, eight guys in a primary race and anyone can kind of win because there's a plurality going on in a primary, um, you know, um, you, these guys have been entrenched. So I like the 12 year term limit plan. Yeah. All right, so let me ask you this, because to me, I don't know. I mean, how we judge this next 60 days, I guess it's up to everybody's interpretation. But let's let me just let me just ask you this, David, here is is there any scenario in your mind? Because there certainly is in mine that we look back in 60 days and we think that we're, that we're actually in a worse position or certainly not any better position than we were with McCarthy. Because, because yeah. we had on the table and we had the votes for, other than Gates and his gang, I think at that point it was around 12 or 13, not down to eight, the final eight, but it was like him and like, the, uh, not, I don't exactly remember the number. We had an 8% cut across the board for the 45-day CR that we were going to do, we were debating then. 8% cut, 30% in other departments to offset the money they were going to keep for veterans affairs and things for the military that they were going to keep open if they went to a shutdown, they had that budgeted. But we had an 8% cut across the board. And we had HR2, which got rid of catch and release and did some things to really secure the border. So now we have nothing right now. We have a no speaker. We're going to get a new speaker in 60 days. If we don't have at least that, 
come November 17th, when this next one comes up, and no Ukraine funding, which McCarthy took out, how do we say we're in a better position if we don't get at least that? Is any is HR two going to pass in the Senate? I mean, none of this stuff's going to pass in the Senate. That doesn't matter. You the know, point so, is to get it to the Senate, though. I know. I understand. That gets us to a shutdown. I understand. But is there any good time to rip off a Band-Aid and address a problem? Uh, you know, uh, Gates said we have to send a shockwave to Washington D.C. and change the system and get a budget that's real, not on CRs. Get to pre-COVID spending, which was already high. And listen, there's a lot of problems here. You know, the debt went on, up under Trump too. You know, and um, that we have a lot of work to do, but this is unsustainable and average issues, commercial real estate crash coming next year and all this stuff. The regular guy who opens the gates for his cruise every day doesn't think that his interest is being represented on the border, national security, the neighborhood, their wallets and any of these issues. So, uh, you know, now that we are where we are, um, I think there will be uh, a better position for a conservative type uh, government, at least on the GOP side. Uh, Doug Otto, same question. If it comes November 17th, we're going to clearly have to do another CR. If it's a clean CR, it's a disaster, total disaster. If it's anything less than the 8% and HR2 catch and release, at least start to close the border, how are we in a better position? Well, well I Going guess we'll into the new year, and we know what happens at the end of the year. Everybody rushes everybody because we got to go. I guess we'll see when we get there. I mean, I mean, you can, you can, you know, you can think about it all, all we want, but uh, until we actually see what they're offering and see what they're going to do to tackle the problem. But you do know, you, what I guess what I'm saying is, do you expect the new speaker? If you expect the new speaker to be better, how how does he accept a worse deal than what was on the table that well, they had the votes for? But you don't know if it's going to be a worse deal yet. I, I know that, but I'm asking you, are you disappointed if it's worse? If what if the Ukraine worse? funding comes back in from the Senate? Well, see, that's the thing. And that's why What's-His-Face pulled the alarm, because he was trying to slow down the House vote so the Senate could pass their Ukraine funding and then leave it in the laps of, of the House. And a little game's there. So. All right, we'll discuss this more when we get back live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. Seventeen past the hour, live from Studio Six P on a Thursday night. Let's do some news. News is brought to you by Seven Cells. Seven Cells.com. Use our code LFS Six P at checkout, twenty percent off whatever you put in your cart. They've got great health stuff for you, your body, your skin over there. Seven Cells.com. Rick Delgado, what's going on? All right. Well, I know we were just talking about the house. Well. The big story that uh, was breaking just before we started the show was Trump is open to a temporary House speakership if necessary, and he actually plans to visit the Capitol next week to talk about it. Former President uh, Donald Trump said he would accept the post of Speaker of the House on a short-term basis if necessary. He says, I have been asked to speak as a unifier because I have so many friends in Congress. Uh, if they don't get the vote, they have asked me, and if I would consider talking to the speakership or taking the speakership until they get somebody longer term because I am running for president. They have asked me if I would come take a short period of time for the party until they come to a conclusion. I'm not doing it because I I want to, I will do it 
if necessary, should they not be able to make their decision. Trump also told the outlet he plans to visit the Capitol next week. This lines up with earlier reports given by anonymous sources to The Hill and Politico, believe it or not. This coming from uh, John Solomon's Just the News. Texas GOP Gov- uh, Congressman Troy Nels actually announced Thursday that multiple members of Congress are willing to give the nomination speeches for President Trump to be the next Speaker of the House. So there you have just a little taste of uh, what they're planning in the House, which is interesting. And what's your thoughts on that? I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think it's a long shot, but uh, it's one of those things where you never know. Stranger things have happened. Now, talking about strange things, a court in Switzerland has sentenced a writer and commentator, believe it or not, to 60 days in jail for calling a journalist a name. He called her a fat lesbian, and the decision is being lauded by LGBTQ uh, plus groups. On Monday, French-Swiss uh Polemist Elaine uh, Bonnet, who goes by Elaine Sorrell, was sentenced by the Luzon court for crimes of defamation, discrimination, and incitement to hatred after he criticized Catherine Merchel, a journalist for Swiss newspapers Tribune de, de Genova and 24 Eras, in a Facebook video two years ago. The court decision is an important moment for justice and rights, they say, in, in uh, Switzerland, for the people of Switzerland, said Muriel Weger co-director of the lesbian activist group the conviction of elaine sorrell is a strong signal that homophobic hatred cannot be tolerated in our society and if you don't think that's coming here just look north to canada they're looking to do the same thing there in addition to prison time sorrell was subsequently ordered to pay legal fees and fines totaling thousands of swiss francs sorrell sentencing comes after he called marshall the fat lesbian criticized her as being a queer activist and said she was unhinged in a social media video that uh, he put out a couple of years ago so in addition to uh, the prison time he's also going to be ordered to like i said pay those legal fees and the uh, lawyer for sorrell mocked and blasted the conviction for a crime of opinion in an email to the Associated Press. He said the case aimed to probe whether a person had sinned against the dogmas of single thought. So scary, scary times if you live in Switzerland. Now you're not allowed to speak out and call somebody a bad name because they might get hurt. Well, like I said yesterday, that's on the ballot here in 24 as well because don't think Joe Biden wouldn't be – they've already tried to go after AM radio. Don't think they won't go after podcasts and that kind of stuff here because they absolutely will. That's on the books in Michigan. You can't hurt somebody's feelings. You can yeah. do five, ten years in jail. Um, I wanted to make one point about you know lobbying, and it's very hard to separate lobbying from politics. Kevin McCarthy was the second biggest recipient of lobby money at $600,000 in 2022. The problem is I lobbied for many years uh, representing the home building industry, which is just guys opening the gates for their crews every morning and some big, large builders. But most of the 186,000 members were small businesses and they need to lobby for their interest to get things like I helped get promulgation of rules that Bush passed that Obama wanted to start enforcing that would have put the painting industry out of business on Long Island. And I got Peter King to act on it, act on it. who I'm not a big fan of, you know, criticizing the Tea Party and everything, but you know, he helped, he helped, and we had meetings, and we got the OMB and the General Accounting Office to get these promulgation rules off the table, and there is an effect, but maybe it should be limited to, like, you can't give money or something. It's okay to lobby. 
You know, everybody has an interest. I represent the National Association of the Remodeling Industry on that issue, too, which is, you know, hundreds of thousands of contractors nationwide. We represented 5% of the GDP in Congress. And every trade and every industry has a group. They want political clout and they want to fight for jobs and they want to fight for less regulation for their business. And it's dirty and it's messy. So maybe Congress, the Republicans, should start proposing things like limit lobbying to like $500 a year or something. You know, maybe they could take the monetary thing out of the equation a little. And maybe they would show a sign of faith to the American people that they're not driven about by money all the time. So I'm just saying, you know, but you can't get rid of lobbying. Everyone has an interest. And if we had more morals, there wouldn't be as unscrupulous uh, acceptance of lobbyists. Chuck Schumer is the number one recipient, $740,000 in lobbying. You can only imagine who supports them. But a lot of these trade organizations support both sides. They give money to both sides. Yeah, because they got to play both sides. Yeah, and they you know, know who's going to win. Donald so Trump like, did it forever. Right. Yeah, exactly. But it's really sticky, and we need reform. So... That's my point. That's a very good point. Speaking of Donald Trump, before we get back to the news, I I don't know if this has been – I guess it's obviously been announced. I just saw it for the first time. Look at this. Just the news, no noise, an AMAC presidential town hall, an interview with former President Donald Trump Friday at 6 p.m. Look at that. John Solomon and Rebecca Weber. I'm assuming she's obviously the AMAC representative. Friday, 6 p.m., just the news, no noise, 6 p.m., Right here on Real America's Voice. There you go. Don't miss that, man. Lock that in. Amex right here on Long Island. They had quoted right down the road. Yep. Great there, organization. There you go. They're an alternative to the AARP, which is very liberal. Tomorrow night at 6 p.m., uh, Just the News, No Noise, Presidential Town Hall with President Trump. All right, what else is going on in the news, Rick Delgado? Uh, real quick, just uh, on the lobbying point to, to David before I continue with the news. If you want to see a, a funny, um, I guess, movie regarding lobbying in congress go rent eddie murphy's uh, or or stream it uh the distinguished gentleman <laughs> and and you will see i mean yeah it's a comedy but you see exactly what this is all about they're making fun of it but it, it's what goes on it's like it's like at, at one dinner table he's like oh you got money from this lobby and you got money from this lobby well i like these people better okay take their money and it's it that's how this stuff happens so you know david makes a good point about the lobbying money being thrown around there uh speaking of uh suppression of your right to speak and uh you know canceling and clamping down on free expression uh the fifth court of appeals has expanded the size and scope of of its injunction against the government's central censorship arm. Yes, Uh, in a bombshell ruling that just came out this evening, the U.S. Fifth Circuit uh, Court of Appeals has shut down the nerve center of the federal government's led speech policing correcting of critical error in its prior jurisprudence and striking a major blow for the First Amendment and against the deep state election interference. The court's opinion comes in the landmark free speech case in the digital era, Missouri versus Biden. Before the legislation landed in the appellate court, Louisiana District Judge Terry Dougherty declared it in a fitting Independence Day ruling that the federal authorities from the Biden White House to the FBI and CDC had likely engaged in the most massive attack against free speech in American history. They did so, Judge Doherty found, by coholing and colluding with social media companies to silence wrong-thinking Americans, much like the guy who's going to spend some time in jail in Switzerland, on matters of election integrity and the origins of COVID under the guise of combating national security or public health-threatening misinformation. 
Uh, the district court therefore disarmed the speech police by ordering wide-ranging preliminary injunction, prohibiting federal authorities from coercing and coordinating with platforms to suppress ever-growing categories. The Fifth Circuit wasn't buying the government's argument, and it, it upheld the crux of the lower, lower court's ruling, concurring that the administrative states pressuring and partnering with social media companies to squelch Americans' free speech on expressly political and subjective matters effectively rendered the platform state actors and their content moderation efforts and assault on the First Amendment. So congratulations. Good win for the good guys. For now. All right, live from Studio 6B, lots of other stuff to get to in the news. We'll do it when we get back right after this. minutes past the hour live from studio 6b so i see this um tech a text uh tweet x whatever we call it now from melanie zanona she said news jim jordan during a call with main street caucus promised to protect moderates and vowed not to put them in tough positions (laughs) per a source he also pitched himself as a team player who is best positioned to get the hardliners in line and bring the fractured party together. Well, I don't know how the first half of that tweet is going to do the second half. Yeah. And this Unless. is what makes me, I'm just going to be frank. This is what makes me nervous about this whole thing. That in 60 days, we're looking back going, uh, mm, what we're doing, what we're doing, what in this CR He's going to protect moderates and vowed not to put them in tough positions. Like, like what would that? What would a tough position qualify as? Like, actually voting for something conservative? Is that like what? A, is that a tough position? Is that like pulling them? No more money for Ukraine. I bet that's a tough position for the Main Street Caucus. Going to a shutdown if we need to, to to have some leverage over the Senate and Biden. That's going to be a tough position. How do you achieve anything of what we want to do, given the, given the incoming that we're taking from everything and every issue that we hold dear? How do you protect moderates and not put them in tough positions would just be my question. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that does not instill right. a lot of... Uh, no, not a lot of confidence in uh, Jim Jordan, but you know what? Who knows? Maybe that's something he, he's telling people, and when he gets in there, he'll, he'll do something else. I mean, it's, it, it's not like a politician to ever lie, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about a couple other important things, and we'll do some more news. Uh, Will Scharf, who is really just absolutely brilliant, um, I follow on Twitter and everything he writes over at The Federalist, and every it's been on the network a bunch of times as well. He put together President Trump's uh, legal team today filed a motion to dismiss his D.C. case, which, as we know, is the the tip of the spear here with Judge uh, Chutkin, who is trying to obviously um, jump the shark with the Florida case and be the first one because, of course, her directive is to get a guilty plea no matter what, however she has to do it and get it quick. 
So President Trump files a motion to dismiss the D.C. case. Will Scharf broke it down. He said a short while ago in federal court in Washington, D.C., President Trump filed a motion to dismiss the case pending against him there for his alleged actions in the aftermath of the 2020 elections. The motion cites presidential immunity as a ground to dismiss the case in its entirety. This is a very big deal. He says the motion persuasively argues that the D.C. case should be dismissed, and if past practice is any guide, all proceedings could and should be stayed while this issue is litigated fully. Notably, this same reasoning should apply to the ongoing Georgia prosecution as well. A number of legal commentators have anticipated this move, and in this thread, I'm going to get into the weeds and review the core arguments that were made that presidential immunity is an absolute bar to the prosecution of President Trump for his alleged acts in office that underlie the federal prosecution in D.C. Presidential immunity, he says, at its heart, President Trump is arguing that presidents, even after their terms in office are over, are absolutely immune from criminal prosecutions arising out of acts in office that fall within the outer perimeter, quote-unquote, of their official responsibilities as president, unless they have first been both impeached and convicted by the House of Representatives and the Senate. And he's arguing that all of the acts he is alleged to have committed fall within this absolute immunity. This view, as the motion filed today makes clear, is deeply rooted in bedrock legal principles, in case law, in the Constitution, and in actual practice dating back centuries. In Nixon v. Fitzgerald, the Supreme Court ruled that a president has absolute immunity from civil liability for acts within the outer perimeter of their official responsibilities. In short, you cannot sue a former president personally because of his official acts harmed you while they were president. This is unquestioned Supreme Court precedent based on very serious core separation of power concerns. If a president were susceptible to civil suit for his official acts as president, the court held this would, quote, raise unique risks to the functioning of government, end quote in light of the singular importance of the president's duties. The purpose of presidential immunity, the Fitzgerald court's view, is to prevent concerns about being sued, clouding the president's judgment, and crippling his ability to act. Presidents need to be able to discharge their duties to the best of their abilities without having to worry about being hauled into court when their term expires. This well-established immunity doctrine has never been tested in the criminal context for the simple reason that no president has been subjected to the sort of relentless prosecutions that President Trump has now faced with. But the motion persuasively argues that the reasoning in Fitzgerald should still apply to this case. Section B deals with the impeachment clause. This view is also rooted in the actual text of the Constitution. The impeachment clause of Article 1 provides that although impeachment proceedings do not themselves carry a punishment beyond removal from office, a party convicted after impeachment shall nevertheless be liable and subject to indictment, trial, judgment, and punishment according to the law. 
by specifying that a president impeached and convicted could be subject to indictment. The Constitution plainly and clearly implies that absent impeachment and conviction, which you don't have in this case, a president cannot be criminally prosecuted for his official acts. Democrats impeached President Trump twice, and on both occasions, the Senate acquitted him. Absent a conviction at the impeachment trial, presidential immunity applies to all of President Trump's acts that fall within the outer perimeter of his his official responsibilities, and for these acts, at least, he cannot be prosecuted. Section 3 deals with the scope of the immunity. 4 deals with the appealability. Um, and then he says, lastly, if you like this kind of, and this is a Will Scharf, one final note on the timing. Any denial of this motion to dismiss or any similar motion in Georgia is likely immediately appealable, as is the case in where con- uh, congressional legislative immunity is implicated, which means depending how long it takes for Judge Chutkin to rule, this issue could be before the D.C. Circuit and potentially the Supreme Court before long. So without reading, obviously, the whole thing, and I trust Will Scharf com- uh, completely in his reading and breakdown of it, it sounds like it's a pretty good uh, filing today. Yeah, sounds like a good argument. For the president. Mm. Yeah, <clears throat> Will Scharf running uh, against the, uh, is going to be a primary in Missouri for attorney general. Yeah, attorney general, exactly. <clears throat> uh, so if you haven't seen this, I've, I've already shared it on our social media because he breaks down this entire thing, a little bit of uh, what I read to you, but there's more than that. And he gets into the scope of immunity. Uh, and then, like I said, appealability, which I just said to you. So um, that's on our social media. Check it out. But it sounds like finally it's a good filing uh, for the president here in this case, which we know is going to be, like we said, like that call that Newt Gingrich talked about in Georgia. No, no, yeah. you're not hearing me, right? <laughs> yeah. It's the same It's the same thing here. It's like, I'm not ready. Chutkin has a duty, and she's <laughs> under orders, and she knows what the role is. Go get a conviction before November. That's what we need. That's why she's trying to jump in front of the Florida case, even though that case was filed first. She wants to be first for a reason. So we'll see. Um, All right, let's do some more news. Rick Delgado, what's going on? All right. Well, we were talking about John Solomon uh, doing his uh, interview with President Trump tomorrow at 6 p.m. right here on Real America's Voice. Also, we got a a statement from the Just the News editor, John Solomon, regarding Burisma, Burisma evidence that was released by Congress. Statement uh, released Thursday by Justin News Editor-in-Chief uh, John Solomon requ- regarding questions raised by Congress about evidence into Hunter Biden probe involving Burisma. He said, I recently learned that members of Congress have released a document purporting to show questions I sent to Burisma Holdings older owner Makola Zalewski. Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, that's it. Zalewski. And answers he purportedly sent back. My lawyer was contacted by Congress asking me for information related to this document. As a journalist concerned about accuracy, I'm releasing the following statement to help inform both Congress and the public about this matter. In June of 2019, 
In an effort to secure fair comment from Burisma and Mr. Zolchevsky, uh, concerns columns I had written for The Hill and a book I was writing, I submitted a series of questions to him about Burisma. These questions are submitted through multiple channels. One of those channels was Ukrainian-American named Lev Parnas, who works as volunteer felicitor, felicitator and translator for me at The Hill and my book for interviews I conducted in Ukraine in 2019. Through one of the channels, a set of answers was submitted back to me. In double-checking, we determined that the answers had not come from Mr. Zolchevsky. Mr. Parnas was among those who confirmed for me that the answers were not authorized by Burisma or its owners. My notes from my book, Research State, Lev says answers sent to him were fakes. Burisma agrees. Do not publish. Unable to authenticate their origins, we did not report on the answers, and I hope this information is helpful to Congress and the public in evaluating some of the information recently released. So, a bit of a clearing of the air in terms of some of the stuff that's going on regarding the uh, Burisma investigation with Hunter Biden coming from a friend of the show, John Solomon. So good for him. Um, In another story coming from Just the News by John Solomon, after a student walkout, Pennsylvania school district is reversing their transgender bathroom policy. The Perkoman... Perkman Valley School District in Pennsylvania recently passed a policy that mandates kids use the bathroom associated with their biological sex after students staged a walkout in protest of the school board for originally rejecting the proposal. The school board originally voted against that policy in a 4-5 vote. However, the vote changed earlier this week after board member Don Fountain voted to approve the policy. The proposal was put forward by a dad. It said his daughter encountered someone she thought may have been a boy in the girl's bathroom and made her uncomfortable. I believe it had to do with all the students and the students voicing their opinions. Tim Jagger, the father, a father from the school district, told Fox News, this was huge. A student walk out that day and the community members coming through and talking to the board at the meeting, voicing their opinions, he continued. I believe that this all came together and worked on the school board members, and I was happy to see that they decided the uh, to change their policy. The walkout was led by student John Ott. It said here, kids were upset, girls we wanted to protect them, Ott said in an interview. They were upset. They didn't want to, They didn't want men in their bathroom. So good on you, you kids standing up and uh, demanding that uh, no boys be in the girls' bathroom. And, and what's great is that it's the students. And, 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 you know, we talk about how they try to indoctrinate the kids. Well, guess what? This indoctrination part is not working. Thankfully, in a lot of places, and these students just proved it as they stood up for their own and said, no, we don't want we don't want boys in the girls' bathroom. It doesn't belong here. So good for them. All right, news with David Zier coming up live from Studio 6B on a Thursday night. to the hour live from studio 6b before we get to um 
before we get to David Zier and some more news from him. This just broke. Jake Sherman, three minutes ago, he said, this seems newsy. Donald Trump is endorsing Jim Jordan for speaker tonight. 14 minutes ago, Congressman Troy Nell said, just had a great conversation with President Trump about the speaker's race. He is endorsing Jim Jordan. And I believe Congress should listen to the leader of our party. I fully support Jim Jordan for Speaker of the House. Now, this is Troy Nels has been going Trump, Trump, Trump. He's got pictures of him and Trump. So now Trump has obviously said, you know, I'm not <laughs> slow it down. I'm not interested, uh, probably not even for 100 days. And uh, I'm all in on Jordan now. And so now Troy Nels is all in on Jordan. So there you go. So that's literally just breaking three minutes ago. All right. What do we think of that? I don't know. We'll see what happens tomorrow. <laughs> given, the, <laughs> given the tweet before that that I read. Right. Well, seven hours Welcome ago. Welcome to the new world. Yeah. And, and, the, and the Just News article that I just read saying that Trump would be into it for 100 days or, or short term to, if he's needed. So who knows? And Troy Nell seven hours ago was on Twitter saying Trump for speaker. Not anymore. Now he's saying Jordan for speaker because Trump said Jordan for speaker. So... Okay, we'll see. This is, is, you know what, dude? We'll see. I, I, and I know I just dooted you, but this is a very this is this is this is a very pivotal time pivotal time in our in our country's history. This has never happened before, and it's you know people are nervous and they're like, oh my god, what are we going to do? It's this is exciting. I, I find this extremely exciting because, like David was saying earlier, you know, when's the right time to rip the bandaid off? You know, it's almost like, it's like, hey, you have a broken leg. What kind? Well, it was compound. Oh, compound broken. Either way, it's a broken leg. You still got to fix it, right? It's just right now, instead of just a regular broken leg, we have a compound fracture called uh, uh, our government. So now it's got to get fixed. Either way, it's still got to get fixed. It just looks uglier right now. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just laughing because I'm, I'm noticing the first 20 comments that oh. have coming up. <laughs> it's the... <laughs> Jordan's going to bend over for the rats. Jordan's going to send Ukraine money. Like what happened to the, what happened to the whole welcome to the, we were on a great path here. This is what has to be done. I don't know. Okay. Well, like I said, you know what? I just find it all exciting. Just as exciting as uh, cousin Humper's cousin finds it. So. Do not want Jim Jordan. Ugh. <laughs> So if they don't support Jordan with the votes, Trump has to do it. Well, no, I, I think that's not. I, I don't think Trump has any interest, and that's not going to happen. Um, Gate Gate will hold Jordan's feet to the fire. Um, we'll see about that. Jordan too passive. What a clown show. Throw some dirt on it. Jordan is McCaver 2.0. Nothing will change with the same old, same old. Well, this is why I said. On November 18th, if you don't get at least the next CR with an 8% cut and a closing of uh, getting rid of catch and release, I, I don't know how you argue that you're in a better position, but I guess we'll see then. How about Ken Paxton's lawyers? Trump will need it. Big D, we need Trump. Okay, I, I, I agree. We could use Trump in the White House. I don't think he's going to be the speaker. Uh, do your civic duty and you be the speaker. I'm in. I told you right now, I hand out Matta shirts the first day. David Zier gets the first one because David Zier is the initial member along with myself. We're the two founding members of Matta, but everybody else is welcome. And I will hand out free Matta shirts on my first day as speaker. Yes, and tissues. 
<laughs> and, and, and tissues. <laughs> exactly right. So, Ugh. and we sound like the blue shirts. Everybody will have. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Now, 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 instead of red, now you're turning blue. Great, All right, David Zier. Let's do some more news before we wrap it up for a Thursday. What else has been going on in your world? Well, I'll be in New Hampshire ah, yes. on Monday covering Trump at the Kingwood Arts Center in Wilkesboro. It's about an hour north of Manchester, who have, uh, by the way, um, like 10% of the population has, has overdoses there in the city. It's, it's amazing what's going on. Um, but anyway, uh, St. Anselm Paul, St. Anselm College, popular college in Manchester, great polling, has Trump up 31 points. Um, <clears throat> and second place is Haley, Nikki Haley, with about 15%. And Vivek's in at third, um, third with 13% of the vote. But it's Trump's fourth visit to New Hampshire so far this year. Uh, Mitt Romney has a house in Wolfsboro, so he's probably going to needle that. Um, <clears throat> and New Hampshire <laughs> is a semi-closed primary state historically, so you can't participate in an open primary. But if you're unaffiliated, you could still vote in the poll. And in the regular um, uh, primary, it's a plurality. So it's going to be very competitive for Trump. The last time he kind of ran on a post, he got 86 or 83 percent of the vote or something uh, in the primary. Um, but, you know, he got twice as many votes almost at Ronald Reagan. He got like 129,000 votes. Reagan got like 80,000 or 70 something thousand. Um, Trump did really well, but it's a more competitive this time and it's through a plurality. So if something dynamic happens. Trump could lose New Hampshire. I don't think he will, but he's got a lot of forces against him. Uh, and it's a, this semi-closed uh, primary state. But Trump, I studied 150 of the last national GOP nomination for president in the GOP category. I studied 150 polls, looked at the results. Trump is 45.4 percent higher than uh, the second place candidate in, uh, and as an average. Again, today in the last eight polls, he's coming in at 45% higher as well. So nobody's really made any significant gains out there against him. Won't New Hampshire this year be a little different because he's running opposed, obviously, and what happens in Iowa will directly affect how people then will react who are undecided or haven't really thought about it in New Hampshire? Well, I was weird because of the caucus strategy, so it's a little different, and it doesn't always reflect for the winner of New Hampshire. If, but um, if you get a surprise in Iowa, not that he loses, but let's say it's closer than people think it's going to be. It's not 50 <clears throat> points, 40 points, 30 points. Say he wins by single digits. New Hampshire can very easily change whatever the numbers say now. And in the general, Trump lost the last election there by a couple of points against Biden. Uh, people say there's fraud there, but I don't know, you know, uh, how rampant it was. But, <clears throat> you know, there's 39% of the population's independents. 30% are Republicans, 31% are Democrats, 39% are independents. It's a very... You know, uh, and it's it's weird. It's like uh, Grateful Dead meets gun owners. You know, it's like, you know, they love their guns. There's a lot of retired military, but there's a lot of crunchy people, too. Right. But um, they're, they're, they're very patriotic people up there. I spent a lot of time there with Rav over the years. And um, I never met a business owner who voted for Biden. I'll tell you that up there. Been up there well, a lot. How could you? Yeah. And, and remember what I uh, reported on the other day, that Chris Christie's, uh, his super PACs are trying to get Democrats to switch over to be Republicans so they can vote. For Christie. Could be. And Chris who's been a to try and affect Trump. detractor, too. Major detractor uh, for Trump up there. I'm still watching the reaction here to the endorsement tonight by John, by, um, by President Trump to Jim Jordan, and it's not good. And I'm, 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 here's another one. I have real reservations about Jordan unless they keep the vacate clause. 
Mm. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Anything else, David Zier, on your uh, – got about 30 to 40 seconds here? Anything um, else? Cash Patel coming up October 17th, America First Warehouse. Oh, wow. Please go to com slash events if you want to buy tickets. Uh, but it'll be a live RAV special as well. Um, and that'll be October 17th. And I floated gonna... the idea of an LFS6B live event at the warehouse last night, and everybody told me to go go scratch. <laughs> Nobody wants to come to New York. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the event's been canceled. That, that would get a lot of people, though, from the area, so at least. And, uh, well, we very... want the, but we want to see our audience there. I was going to hold all the tickets myself and give them out on the show, give an 800 number. You got to call in, tell me something funny. Make me laugh, and I'll give you t- the tickets. But people didn't see airline to do tickets it. Yeah. have like doubled in the last four. Well, months. I understand that. It's so. unbelievable. It's unbelievable what's going on. So we're we're not gonna we're not gonna be doing it. So it's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of tickets you're gonna be holding. <laughs> All right, as always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines protecting us. Thanks, everybody, on the show. The great David Zier. See you tomorrow. Aaron and Fran, great job as always. Most of all, thank you to live from Studio 6B Audience. We will see you tomorrow night to wrap it up right here live from Studio 6B. Wear those shoes, David Zier. Put them up in the air. Hold on. <laughs> he's, we- he's wearing a hey! He's wearing a suede jacket. That's why Rick was petting me before. I'm a pedigree.